the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Tabuli off the Caesar. Now he puts a kick out. Croak is there again. Oh, Jared Croaker! What a catch by the skipper! Come join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra Raiders podcast. You're listening to Raider Nick and you're listening to Ben Pollock now. Good day, Benny. Good uh, morning, Nick. Uh, we're recording early this morning, yes. so training uh, just wrapping up for today. And uh, the boys in the gym at the moment. We're going to catch up with Aiden Caesar yeah. a little bit later this morning. He's, uh, he's in pretty good touch at the moment, and we'll have a chat to him about everything's going uh, on the field for him. Tommy Logan, good day, mate. Good day. Good to be here again, gents. First of all, what a great weekend to be a Canberra Raider. First of all, the Hall of Fame gala on Friday night. I was a little boy in a candy store there, my heroes walking around, probably your heroes as well. Everyone's heroes. The likes of Bradley Clyde, it was Laurie surreal, Daly, Meninga, Lazarus. Walking around that room and having all those guys there and, and there for the whole weekend as well. And, yeah. Um, being able to, you know, go up to them and, and realise that they're just humans as well and they, they love talking about the club and that's what it's all about. They um, they all turned up there on the Friday night for the dinner and um, we're just all very proud to be a part of it. Uh, and then they backed up across the weekend. We had the reunion on the Sunday, uh, the Saturday at the game, 89 past players in attendance. Wow. Uh, and, and it was great to see players, not only from the 89 team, but from right across the years as well, from yeah. 82 right through until the current day squad. It was, it was a great mix and a great night. It's great seeing some of the early dinosaurs, I won't call them dinosaurs, but early pioneers, the likes of Louis Bond and Jerry Dilla Jerry Cruz, Dilla Cruz was the, the Raider number three. Yeah. He was the lowest there. Had a and, chat uh, to him. That's right. And, uh, and it went right through. I mean, we had Raider... You know, from the early twenties, you got Chris O'Sullivan's and um, Ash Gilbert, rated number thirty-two, and 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 the, the mid seventies, eighties players um, in the num- in terms of numbers, like you, yep. your Steve Walters, Mal Meningas, Ricky Stewart, rated number ninety-eight. Uh, then you go right through to um, that mid two thousands group. Uh, I, I saw uh, a few of those boys getting around as well, and then um, and then towards the the, the back end, obviously, um, all the players now. So it was wonderful to, to see them all there and catch up. Just see even a guy a guy that I had a, a bit to do with when I was a younger fella down here going through the, the ranks at the Rays, like Royston Lightning making his yep. way down. and Blokes like Sam Matawori, you know, just jumped on a plane and made his way back and was happy to be amongst the well, green. Well, Sammy Matawori's playing local footy. He oh, lives he? here in Canberra. Oh, yeah, go. he plays footy here in Canberra for the Belcon and Sharks. So there you go. He didn't have to go too far at all. But a few guys travelled Michael down, Dobson. Which, yeah, Mick Dobson Dobbo. was great to yeah. see him. Brett Kelly. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, a few other guys. He stayed at, Glenn, power band. He stayed at Glenn Turner's house. So, GT. Yeah. He's yeah, the first all, one there. That's right. Trevor no, Thurley, good old Trevor. Right. Joshy Miller. Uh, always good to catch up with Joshy. Angel Marine had a chat to him as well. It's just good to see. Yeah, it's good to ask. These guys, how they look back at the club now, and, and they, they still bleed green. And it was a great, uh, you know, a great result to get the win in front of the old boys. It looked, Tommy, it looked, again, it looked a little scary at times, but I think you walk away from there and look, again, the social media keyboard warriors, let's just say, they just get a bit upset. Oh, we didn't put them away, we didn't put 50 on them, but I think that's more of an impressive win because that's your finals football. That second half is grinding, and you sometimes you got to defend yourselves to wins in, in finals footy. And I think our defence this year has been second to none. Prove it on the weekend, Tommy. Yeah, first and foremost, we got the two points. That's all we really care about. Uh, Performance wise, yeah, there was it was that second half especially. There was a moment of uh, there was I think there was a moment when you sort of um, said to me, Ben, you know, there hasn't hasn't been a penalty in a long time. I, I don't think the the referee had blown his whistle, or I don't know if he or if. We, if the Tigers had been given one, but we certainly hadn't received one for ages. And uh, the game, we I, I got to admit, we struggled coming out of our sort of end a little bit. The Tigers really were charging out of their line. 
Um, but like you said, you know, we really held on and it was just that defensive effort, which has been the theme for this year that really got us over the line. Well, I think also too, sorry, Ben, that's a credit to Badge McGuire. He came out with a second half game plan to really spoil the Raiders' attack and slow the play of the ball down and frustrate us a little bit. And the likes of Robbie Farris started really coming out mm. and, and getting some really creative stuff around the ruck there. And, and Benji came into play. So, And the Tigers aren't no slouch. They're a good footy team. Yeah, the Tigers were really strong uh, in that second half in terms of uh, the way that they kicked us back. Um, you know, Chan's Nickel Coxstad yeah, had an outstanding game. Um, and most of it was bringing the ball out of his own end. And there was a few times where he had to really fight to get his way back into the mm. field of play. And, um, you know, to the Tigers' credit, their kicking game in that second half was pretty good. Uh, and, it, and it just kept us on our back foot. Um, but to our credit, um, our defence held up. Uh, yeah. And that's what you want to see. I mean, we conceded that uh, that try um, early in the second half and, and all of a sudden it was game on again. But um, the boys just um, dug deep and, and were able to hold them out, which was, which is what you want to see. And that's that's a finals mentality team. Absolutely. Uh, great win. Sorry, Tommy. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think there was a couple of moments towards the back end of the second half that really sort of highlighted that effort. Uh, one was obviously Croker's tackle, um, mm. where I think he put, uh, was Anofaluma? it Nofaluma? Yeah, yeah. yeah, sort of in just where he just sort of got into touch. And the other one was, I remember they put a kick over the top. I think it was Momorowski who put put the kick in. He was on the wing and then... All I remember seeing was Robbie Farrer and Michael Cheekham racing straight through, and all I could think of was just, oh, here we go. This is it. We're in trouble here. And then somehow Caesar just... Yeah, he did well well to shoulder Farrer off the ball to start with, and then when Cheekham picked it up, and Michael Cheekham's got the ability to score from long range, and Mm. Caesar got him um, up high, ball and all, brought him to ground and and saved off a certain try. I mean, what I liked about the game was the fact that um, we didn't give things away. If we turned back to that Parramatta game where we got out to that good lead and then let them back into the game mm. um, in at the back end of the first half. We didn't do that this week. Uh, it was 12-6 and then I think it was um, you know, 18-6 uh, going into halftime. So 20-6 uh, at halftime, that's right. So we didn't, we didn't let them back in the game at a crucial point uh, you know, and then we were able to hold on for the win. Just really impressed with the scramble and the, the, the effort. Of you know till, till the end of the play, like you mentioned the one with Caesar, you mentioned the one with Toots that saved a try. That's mm. what you need going into September. Those you know you got to be on for eighty minutes, and if you're not, you can defend yourself out of situations. And we probably didn't get to the dance floor many times in that second half, but we, we did enough in the first half to win, and, and it's still two points, and it's happy days. Good to see Denamis Louis over the stripe yeah. too. First try the, for the club, off the duck egg. Uh, Eighty <laughs> games, I think it was since he scored a try, and he almost got a double. He was in, there was a point there in the second half where he almost got over as well. So, you know, well done to Dynamis. He's a wonderful club man. And as we've said on this podcast many times before, he's a vital cog Absolutely. in the green machine this year. His work is, um, is second to none at the moment. Just quickly, is anyone still on a duck egg at a try scoring? Who's going to do the phone Who's run? on the nudie? Who's on uh, the nudie? There's a, f- is a couple. Left? Corey Horsburgh, Corey I don't, Horsburgh think, I don't think he's got mind, one. Yeah. Has Hudson Young got one? He has. Penrith. He's got one? Yeah, there you go. In so, yes, yes, there's, a few there, there's a few there that haven't got one yet, but... Um, yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Just before we a move lot on. more have got them than haven't, I can tell you that. Just before we move on to the next game, the away game against Penrith, let's just talk about the three new inductees in the Hall of Fame there, starting with, of course, Donnie Ferner, senior. Yes. Uh, that was well-deserved, obviously, and that, that story was he was asked by the McIntyres, come to the Canberra Raiders and help us out, and he said, I'll give you five years. Help us build a club. I'll give you five years, and then he went from starting a club with, with local guys and a couple of 
players that were kind of on the back end of their you know hist- uh, contracts there in Winfield Cup clubs and, and country boys. He brought him in by the end of his five-year tenure. He made a grand final there with Wayne Bennett, coach of the year as well. Mm. And then he kind of stepped aside for Tim uh, Sheens. I think his innovation in terms of recruitment was probably what the he'll be best, rem- best remembered for. He obviously had the association with a number of high-profile players um, when he coached the Kangaroos. And whatnot, and so coached the Roosters that, as well. That's right. So he coached the Kangaroos on a, on a route tour and then he was able to coax Mal Meninga and Gary Belcher to the club and those two signings and Mal in particular um, probably set the tone for the next 10 years and and, uh, what he was able to bring and then you know just the measure of the man uh, if you look at the way that it all unfolded he um, he was receptive to bringing a guy like Wayne Bennett to the club you know to to bring some fresh ideas Mm. and some and some new ways of thinking uh, and then he, he shared the, the the coaching role with Wayne in '87 when they made the grand final, uh, and then he stepped out, stepped like aside the at the end of that. that year. Yeah, stepped yeah. aside and um, and allowed Tim Sheens to come in and take over from the work that um, he'd already established. So, uh, a wonderful coaching career spanned across across you know decades, and um, it was wonderful to have um, his family on hand. Uh, on Friday night to see him inducted. I a quote by him uh, saying that, and it was more of an early 90s quote, saying that Mal Meninga had the effect on the Raiders where Arthur Beetson did on the Roosters, and it takes a man to find those people and bring them to the club. So extraordinary man, Donnie Furness Sr. For secondly, our inaugural captain, Dave Grant, and you just see that wonderful footage of him just being such a man a of monster. stature, and everyone talks so about big. he was such a leader. Yeah. On the training paddock, you talk about all the old boys he was such a leader on the training paddock and he would be there with the backs trying to get them, almost getting a heart attack, trying to run those sprints with them. But what a leader he That's was right. to start Steve us o- out. Steve O'Callaghan, uh, who played with, with David Grant back in that um, early part. And a regular of the, Forever Green member. Season. So Steve um, said when when Nana was on, and Nana was his nickname, when he mm. was on, um, the Raiders would, would win. They win. They win the game. So the, that's how important he was yeah. to that early team. and. Um, you know, I personally uh, didn't get to see any of his matches. I was a bit young uh, for when he first started, but mm. um, just as you said, looking at back at that, some of that vision. I mean, he's a he's a man mountain. Uh, he he would he would be probably still one of the biggest players ever to play the game. Absolutely. That's how big he was, and um, and just an imposing force. But uh, they said an, an absolute gentleman off the field, and mm. uh, he had um, you know. All of his um, family there. I mean, he's been he's been gone a number of years now, yeah. but all of his family were there mm. uh, the other night. All of his children um, to accept the award, and the way they spoke uh, about their father was just absolutely inspirational, and it was wonderful to be a part of it. Great bunch of kids, Tommy, and uh, I remember clearly as a young kid. Uh, he passed away about two weeks before the '94 Grand Final at the tender age of 38. But I think I remember I had I got a little. I was coming home from an overseas trip, and it was after the '94. Commonwealth Games were on that year in Malaysia. And I was sitting next to a guy called John McLeod. He played... He was part of the Raiders, yeah. Raiders in Western Suburbs, and he's part of the Paralympian team now. And he was the one that kind of mentioned it to me that the Dave, the late grave Dave Grant had passed away and just saw how it affected him as well as a teammate. And then coming back to Canberra and seeing, obviously, the Raiders were on a roll there and going to win a premiership, but it just how much it affected the Canberra community being so young. But they talk about, you spoke about when he played well, they won. Those big early wins that we had against Newtown, mm. obviously Parramatta, that star started line up with, you know, the Parramatta team that speaks for himself and also the West Magpies, all man of the match performances from Dave Grant. And also lastly, Toot Senior, Jason Croker, um, that was quite fitting as well. Just quickly, his really extraordinary career, that Jason Croker, because he played so many positions. He was such a versatile man in the Winfield Cup. He came from Crookwell as a winger. And he was on the back end of finishing moves on that wonderful, glorious back line through the, the early 90s. 
and then found his way into the centres when Mal retired and started finding the try line through his own strength. I remember there was a game against North Sydney where he went palming off the strongest, whole Bears. One of the strongest players to ever play the game, they, they say. And the guys that played with him said that this, the, the, the amazing strength that he yeah. had um, was well, incredible. He could do the thing where he um, where we could get on side the, the side of the yeah. goalposts and, and, and be put horizontal. his body horizontal. Yeah, one but he thing was just, too. But it so he'd adjust his different positions. He did. He adjusted yeah. and he moved his way up all the career, and uh, he, he moved into the second row where he played a pivotal part in that '94 Premiership side. What sticks out with that, as you mentioned, Raiders put on eight wins, as you remember, towards the end. They were belting teams by 30, 40, and they were, you know, obviously fifty on Newcastle, where you know Mullow scored four tries and thirty-six on the Bulldogs one night. But Laurie was out, and Toots was playing six outside Ricky, and we didn't even lose a step with our attack. Mm. And the lorry comes back for the finals and Croaks go straight back into the second row. Yep. And there's that infamous time in the 94 grand final where Jason Williams gets that intercept try. And he chases him. From one end of the field to the other. And that infamous right. call from Rab saying, look, look at the Croaker showing pace. <laughs> that's right. That sticks to mind a lot in the 94 right. grand yeah, final. That's right. That's uh, right. He always put in 100%. And, you know, towards the back end of his career, we think about that game against the Roosters down yeah. here at GIA Stadium where he, he goes in an awkward tackle uh, and he, he tears his ACL in one knee. And does medial ligaments in his ankle and the other. Uh, and at the time, the Raiders had they were down the no one on the bench. Mm. and had a few injuries in that game, and he stayed on and, and played that game out against a Brad Fittler-led Roosters. That's team. right, exactly right. And um, and that, that was that the end of his season. But the way that he you know to finish that off in, and play in, in like that that shows how tough he was. And right through until he finished here in 2006, he was a massive part of that team. Um, and then you know, he finished his career overseas. He played 318 games mm. for the club, which is um, at this point a record. Um, Jared Croker is probably the only you know, current player that's um, that's uh, chasing that one uh, closely at the moment. So that just shows the measure of w- what a wonderful player he was for the club. Great <laughs> club man and, and just a good bloke. Great you know, bloke. This is what you want in your club. And the fact that he got homesick in the first kind of year and he was yep. crying out there at Seaford. Mal told him to go home. Well, it was Ricky. Ricky, oh, Ricky said, Ricky said go, home. The go, home, said, go right. home. So he, he went home but then just came back for came weekends back. and then found that's his right. way at the stage at the Taj Mahal, that little box at Seaford. That's right, he hated it. If anyone can survive that and <laughs> play 330 games later, you're doing well. But it's great to see. And like I said, as we top, touched on at the start, it was a great weekend and that, that really nice regal vibe about the Raiders. And having the Winfield Cup there, it was such a great... Yeah, it was a good little touch. Great yeah. little touch, yeah. It was great. We had it across the whole weekend, took it to the members' breakfast on the Saturday morning and then had it at the game on the Saturday. And the, the cheer that went up for when the 89 players came out onto the field um, gave you goosebumps. It was mm. it was exciting stuff. And it, like I said, it was a privilege to be a part of it. A nice photo with Laurie there right late in the night on Friday where he gets a little <laughs> bit funny and he didn't drop it. He didn't drop it. So it's still in one piece. Round 19 again, gents. There is a game of footy against the Panthers at uh, Panthers Football Stadium. This is going to be a blockbuster of a game. Panthers on seven in a row. That's right. They're a, wow. they're Finals a, footy comes early, gents. They're a seven-game winning streak. Uh, James Maloney's won nine in a row if you chuck in the two origins mm. that he played in. So, uh, massive a test. we can struggle at a time. Massive test for us. Um, we've we've had a, some mixed bags there over the, over the years. I remember uh, winning a wonderful final there. Mm. Uh, not Campo too, days. Yeah, Campo days. And they, uh, they scored and the fence collapsed because all the fans yeah. were so excited. They pushed the fence over. But, um, you know, the last couple of years, it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us and we really need to, to be at our best to get them this weekend. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been a great ground for us recently, but uh, I don't know, I like going to Pe- uh, Penrith Stadium. There's always a good atmosphere created by their fans. And Sunday afternoon, um, I think we should get a fair few turning up from Canberra. And I just think we're probably due, due a win there, to be honest. So Last year we had lo- them on toast and then they just kind of came yeah. back and we had a really good lead on them, especially at half-time. Yeah, that's right. We, we, yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely threw one away in that game. Um, Jordan Rapana scored a try right on half-time where he yeah. went down, tiptoed down the sideline. Mm. And I thought, geez, we're, we could go on with this. Um, but, you and know, Maloney again was a difference in that's that That's right. But, mm. you know, 
uh, it'll be interesting to see um, you know how it all pans out, and no doubt both teams are hungry for a win. Penrith are, are trying to keep themselves in the top eight, and we're trying to keep ourselves in the top four. So it's a, it's definitely probably I think the match of the round across the NRL this yep. weekend. Let's do this. All right, Tommy Lagan, you're busting out of your seat to to tell us what your bold prediction is for this week. So you missed out last week. Yeah, so Nick, got, Nick got the he got the points. Yep. He said seeing Cameron try, and I said uh, I said uh, Rapana or Rapana to get a double. He got one, so I'll That's take half a point. A I'll take a That's point. Half a boy with sauce. With sauce. Well, my my um, matchup. Well, my I guess fearless prediction this week is more or less a bit of a matchup. But there's been a lot of talk around uh, Penrith's young right wing uh, Brian Toto, um, but I reckon our left wing. Bailey Simonson, he's going to ha- go for an. He's going to have an absolute blinder of a game, and he's going to really sort of. You guys are make, on the same prediction here. I can see that. So what's Mate, he going to do? Like I reckon, reckon he's going. He's going to get the better of Brian, and he's going to probably go over with a try as well. There you go. I'm going for um, the guy that's been in sparkling form the last two weeks, and that is our uh, one of our captains, Josh Hodgson. I think he's been fantastic. I think he's got four one-on-one steals in two games. Oh, you wouldn't want to hang around. You wouldn't want to leave your wallet so around. He's would you? obviously been pretty smart, <laughs> but what I think he might be able to bring to us this weekend is um, is a big player. I'm going to back him in for a 40-20. I've just got a feeling yeah. he, can, he can get out there at Penrith and, and put one in and get us on the front foot. Is Josh Hodgson becoming that guy that just turns the game into slow motion? I noticed that on the weekend. Coming in a dummy half, he can just mm. slow the play down because one of those ball-watching stars that defensive lines start to watch now, like the Jonathan Thurston's of the world and those big players, he's really coming into things. But I think Jackie Whiten is going to get a try. He's been really obviously instrumental yeah. in that He's starting to role. run the ball a little bit more the last yeah. couple of weeks Might too. Take the line on and get a nice slam the Steeden down for a good slam dunk try for Jack. Raider number 332, Mr. Aiden Caesar. Good afternoon, mate. How are, how are you? How are you, Raider Nick? I'm good, mate. Just I'm finished really, the session. Really good. I'm noticing you've got some yogurt down here, mate. Is that Turkish yogurt or is it just a uh, standard um, supermarket it's job? Uh, Greek yogurt. Just made a smoothie up after weight, so... Your Turkish heritage, mate, that um, yep. stems from your... My father was born there, yeah. Your father? Does he know much about rugby league? Yeah, he loves it. He's been over here since he was... Um, he came out here really young since he was six, so... He, um, yeah, he's an avid rugby league fan. How did you find your way with the football opposed to the soccer ball? Um, no, nah, me, me old man, yeah, he followed um, Newtown and, and all that back in the... I wow. think it was the 80s, so... So he's a real like, deal. Yeah, he's a, uh, he watches every single game of the weekend, and... As soon as I was, you know, ready to play footy, he put me in, and um, that was at the Chest Hill Hornets back at the time. So I haven't looked back since, mate. Yeah. Did he used to take you out to games and things like that? Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you go, mate? Me, me, me I, I, like as a child, um, a I never really, fan. on the weekend, I never really hung out with my mates. I mean, we wouldn't go to first grade games. That we'd go watch local games in, in, you know, around Bankstown and Grand Echo where I grew up, and mate, he, he loved it, you know, and he still loves it now. So there's little known fact that, or not little known fact, but you're a, a dog's junior. Yep. Did you support the Bulldogs growing up? Um, no, I didn't. I uh, I supported the Roosters because Brad Fittler was there and they were pretty successful at the time. I think when Sticky was coaching there. So, um, yeah, I love the Roosters, but um, as soon as I got into my teens, I, I switched to the Bulldogs, obviously, because all my friends. And so you just tried for the Bulldogs for open um, trials or did they someone nah, put well, you up? Or? Um, as a junior, you know, you get your picked in your development squads mm. and things like that. And um, I was fortunate enough to get picked in the development squads and... I just, you know, I guess, you know, progressed through the grades from there. It's been an interesting year for you, mate. You've um, obviously um, been in great form the last few weeks since coming back into the side, but it hasn't been a, it hasn't been an easy road for you to get your back self back into the in yeah. the first grade team. How you how you handle all that? Oh, mate, it's um, <clears throat> you know, I think Benny, I've had a pretty good run in my old first grade career and, and keeping me spot and, and things like that. And um, you know, I think it was just my time for 
you know, a bit of adversity come my way and, and that's why I approached it, you know. I think, um, you know, a lot of boys around me, a lot of the boys, you know, playing Mounties, they go through it week in, week out. And it, it was something foreign to me, but I think it was, it was a bit of a challenge and I took it upon um, like that. And I'm happy to be back in the team. And um, as I said, um, you know, I've said it numerous times before, I just want to perform for the team and, and see where that can take us at the end of the year. Ricky gave you a good rap in terms of your um, attitude towards the, the way that it's all gone down and, um, and, and praised you for the, your approach and professionalism to the game. Is that something that you sort of made a conscious decision not to... Not to let it change the way you are and the way you play, and, and just keep doing what you need to do to get back in. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it was obviously obviously a tough time for myself and a tough period in my career, but um, yeah, you know, I knew just hard work would would um, resonate and, and, and get me you know, back up to where um, I want to play my footy, and that's in first grade. And um, you know, I'm there now, and um, it's I got the opportunity to keep my spot, and um, I'll do my best to keep so. To do so, actually, sorry. Aiden, sometimes you talk about halves. They can look a little bit too lateral, look about how the team's going opposed to what's in front yeah. of them. The game against the Tigers where you, where you played that week on that Friday night and you had a blinder. Two questions. First of all, what was it about that night where you just – because the whole night you were just looking ahead and running yeah. through holes and you laid on a couple of tries and you snuck out an intercept yeah. towards the end. Was there something that you approached differently? And how did you feel before the game? Was there a certain different buzz in your gut saying, you know, I want to really go out here and have a, have a scream at a night? Because you did. Yeah, well, I think it was probably the week before too. Um, you know, obviously Jacko got caught up to the New South Wales team, and and um, you know we needed half, and me and Sammy, I guess, played five out that night. And um, you know, it might sound strange, but I think going back to um, playing for Mounties, it it really um, you know, I, I think the way I love the game and the way I love to play, it it come through. And you know, I think in, in first grade you get caught up in trying to organise and, and look around a bit too much, and and you're worrying about you know, other things outside your game where. I went back to Manny's, mate, and I, I didn't put any pressure on myself. I just worked hard in the gym, worked hard at training and, and just enjoyed my footy in the week. And I, I did that, you know. I went back and um, enjoyed my footy, you know, a lot playing with Atta and Hangana. You know, I think he's got a big, big future in the game. And a lot of the other young boys, you know, I was, I was the older head in the crew. So I think all them boys around me, you know, credit to them. that They really um, helped me out um, during that tough time. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I found the reason why I enjoy the game, why I love the game, and that's just... You found the yeah. love again. Yeah, that's right, mate. And um, looking back, and I, I wish I had the opportunity to probably go back a couple of years ago when I was going through a tough time, you know. Mm. It might sound strange, like... Yeah, you want Doesn't to get, sound strange Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just found um, the love for the game again and, and why I play it, um, you know. And so I, I feel like did, a young kid again. Well, sometimes. sometimes people forget about that. I yeah. mean, people, the blokes... the the play the game, play it. The, the, the reason they got into it in the first place is because they love playing footy. That's right. And you, know, be, you know, there's all the other parts that go outside of a footy career, the business side of things, your contracts, you know, endorsements, um, you know, just community appearances, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot yeah. going on. But, yeah. you, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, the core thing, I suppose, mate, is just loving yeah, the game. for sure. And I think, um, you know, I've said this to a few of my mates, and I think when you get to NRL, it, there's a lot of stuff outside of actual football mm. that, that goes that on. no one sees. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you got. You know, obviously that no one on social media sees. You got, yeah, you got your, you got your social media, yeah. you got your media, yep. then you got a lot of people having their input on the way you play and, and your performance on the weekend. And a lot of analysis. Yeah, like when you're a young fella, you know, coming through the grades, you're just enjoying playing footy with your mates. And I think if you look at the... You know, the true reason why you get into this game, that's the whole reason why. Like, right. And I went back to Manny's and, I, as I said, I didn't put any pressure on myself, just enjoyed me footy. And, um, you know, I thought, um, you know, I played some good, at the t- good footy at the time and, you know, I thought, um, you know, I, c- I can bring that confidence back in the first grade and, and be, you know, I guess a, a fresh face in the squad again after being out for a while at the start of the year. Just on your footy, um, Hodjo mentioned uh, last week at his press conference that uh, – 
that yourself and him and Rick had, had got together and talked about simplifying things a little bit for you. Yep. Uh, it seems to be working for you. I know this. I know you've been um, running the ball a little bit more too, and and you've had your hand in two of the tries on the weekend. Do you feel like uh, a simpler game plan works better for you? Um, probably. I think you know. Um, if it works better for the boys around us, that, that's what's going to help. It's not what me or, or Hodjo or you know or Jacko won. I guess you know we key players in the team being in the spine. It's probably what the boys are comfortable around us doing, and and as long as they're comfortable and knowing their role, you know it's going to help us as um I guess as ball players if, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, we we've tinkered with our attack, and I think it's going all right. But there's still you know I think we've got a, you know, a few cogs to go up now leading into the back end of the year. Just to mention that we mentioned about uh, being refreshed coming up from Manchester, not to digress backwards, but. Moving forward now, like you mentioned, how you, you can get stuck in your head a little bit, especially as a half, you know, organise things. You can kind of yep. drive yourself a bit crazy. Yep. You go back to Manny's, it's just your bag and your boots and you're playing footy with yeah, your mates right. and you find that love again. Do you yeah. bring that that kind of template now that you've found with the Manny's and you're a bit more – because you're a bit more instinctive as yeah. well. You find a gap, you can yep. run, you're yeah. decent size about you, put a little kick yeah. for yourself. Do you yeah. bring that back now and you kind of lock that in and say, hey, if I can stay here and not – and have kind of boundaries in your thoughts as yeah, well sometimes and sure. not let that noise come back in there yeah, for and sure. rattle your brain a bit. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think, um, you know, as you said, bring that template back and, and, and um, I guess, progress on what I've done, you know, obviously playing second grade. Um, but also, I think, you know, coming into grade, I, I look back and, and when I first debuted at the Titans, I was, I was, um, I, I think I was just a runner, really. Mm. You know, my ball playing was never really spoke about. I was just a runner outside Scott Prince and um, I think going back to Mounties and letting Arthur control a little bit, you know, and just free me up, I think... It helped me game and helped unlock, you know, as I said, the reason why I love the game, and that's you know, having the ball in me and taking the line on, and I guess all the other stuff comes off the back of it, eyes up footy. Michael Oldfield um, came back into the side last weekend, and the, that right edge has, has got a fair bit of experience at the moment. You've got yourself, Rapa, um, Johnny Bateman. You know, there's there's plenty of pretty calm heads in that yep. in that right edge at the moment, so it's, it's going to help your game too, having those yep. guys outside you. Yeah, it's it's good, Benny. You know, um, obviously for Nicky and, and BJ being out longer term, um, you know, for Alder to come back in, we know he's going to do a job, and he's very experienced. Said he's been around a lot of clubs. He was at, at Manly when they were really successful. So you know, I think he's got a lot of experience to draw on. It. And I guess you know, defending next to him in the line, it gives you a bit more confidence. You know, having that um, calming influence and, and the older head next to you. Panthers this week, mate, up against Representative Haas and yep. Maloney and, and Cleary there. As a half, what's your preparation now knowing that you're going to play against halves that can really dominate a game and really get a result and own the result for their team? And, and a bloke like Maloney who's on fire, yep. seven in a row, and he's probably yep. been instrumental in those yep. wins for them. Yeah, I think you know a lot of... Um a lot of their credit gets um, put on their halves and, and their classy plays. You know, they play representative footy for a reason. But you look at the forwards and, and I guess the outside backs, they really um, stepped up their game as well. And, um, you know, they had a poor run at the start of the year, but, you know, they've, they've hit a bit of momentum now. And, and as we all know, in rugby league, momentum's a pretty hard thing to stop. So, um, we'll so have it was really kick out. Yeah, really kick out. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully they throw the book at him tonight. Um, no, uh, yeah. I think it's um, off. Yeah, he's it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there was too much malice in it. No, nah, it looked pretty Just looking at it, but it's late. Clean record too. It's late, and if they want to you know, draw the line in the scene, they've got to, they've yeah, got to make right. a call. But Did, just on that point, you know, we've talked about that. You got a penalty against yeah. the Dragons a couple of weeks ago. What's your thoughts on the whole, uh, you know, uh, playmaker getting hit off the ball yeah. top thing? I mean, there's a, there's a fine line between what's what should be legal and what's not. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's a tough one, Benny, because it's it can't be black and white. Mm. I said in the media last week that, um, you know, I got a penalty off that, but he put a hand on me. Mm. Um, 
And if they're going to pick it consistent like that, there's going to be a lot more penalties getting blown. Yeah. Like, I'd, he didn't hurt me at all. I think, you know, I, I milked it a little bit. You know, obviously being... Don't say that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, you know. Yeah. Anyone watching the game probably would have seen me, you know. Yeah. I, I um, we're down to 12 men and I thought... But you know, did get, you just play inside the rules? Because they know yeah, if yeah. you get a hand on them after a kick, yeah, it's yeah. a penalty. That's yeah. um, you're right, it's black and white. Yeah, the, the thing is that just consistency, It's if they're going to open themselves up to that, getting a hand put on the kicker after yeah. after he kicks a ball, you know, you know how they're going to, you know, Give a penalty every time he gets touched. You know, we Maloney kicks this week, and, and Johnny Baton puts a hand on him. We're going to get a penalty against us. You know? But you've you've been um, whacked a few times. Yeah, I um and back on that. That's probably if the kicking one, but um the one on kicker, I think it was Nichols from the yeah. from the Dragons. Um, what we got to realize is these bigger boys they're hitting. You know, us halves are probably weighing around ninety kilos, and they're twenty kilos heavier than us. They got to, you know, you can't say it's soft or or whatnot. You, you know, there's a lot of impact going in, and mm. I've been on the back end of a couple of them last year. I think of Sammy Burgess. You know, he, it could have been anything really if it slipped up the wrong way. But it all know. came back from what I, it all started with JT. They're all coming in and putting late hits on Jonathan yeah. Thurston. They reckon they might have taken a year off his career because yeah. of just the solid. And, and, and Matty Johns came out and said it in the media as well, saying when he played yeah. at the Sharks, yeah. he was getting a bit older. They were whacking him, and one time he kicked the ball, yeah. and someone whacked him, and he swallowed his tongue yeah. because it just like jolted yeah. from the back. I think, I think jolt Thurston, from the back. yeah, Thurston just played right at the line. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, Thurston's different because he yeah. played really deep into the line. Like mm. yeah. he was, yeah. yeah. I think he he takes he took the ball into the line, um, expecting to get a whack, and and rightly so. He's deep into the line. He's trying to, you know, I guess commit defenders. But I think the one on the weekend on with kick out for an example, um, because it's so relevant. Um, Nichols passing, he was relaxed. They're That's the right. one. They're yep. the ones you got to be careful of. Um, the yeah. ones where ball players are taking the ball in line, mm. trying to engage defenders, and, and then they get jammed. Like it's 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 going right. to happen. If you're going to take it to the line, yeah. you got to expect to get whacked. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah, well, you can't um, go and relax then. You got to. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, after you pass the ball early, and then they're coming across hitting you in the back, or what, yeah, that's where it's got to. That's right. I reckon I think we got to rub Kromp, it out of the game. Cooper Cronk got a couple of bad ones that yeah. might have been last year or even the yeah. year before, yeah. and they were the like, one same thing where he'd pass the ball, yeah. he'd relax, and then he was getting whacked. You yeah. know, after Mate, that. the worst so one I think um, it was round. What mm. what round we play the Warriors last? Year? Round three last year, yep. and I passed, and Adam Blair got me in the back, and Mate, I did set me back locked up. Like yeah. mm. he hit me in the perfect spot. Um, like I got got up and played on. As you do, and um, but th- little things like that, like, I just think it's going to go wrong. And it's and because those things that you might have to go off for those things. Like if you're yeah, like, seized up, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're looking at the bigger pitch. I'm looking at yeah. say, say we get into a semi final. Yeah, and you know, key player, key half gets jammed in the back. He's got to go off, and, and the club loses their you know, key player maker for mm. the game, and possibly you know, your higher honours. You know, it, it's it's not it's a good disappointing. Yeah, like yeah. you got to. You got to draw so a line. So what should they the do then? You reckon in, in, as a solution? So well, I think if you get hit late, the, the referee's got to take it into account there and then. So it's got to be either a, yeah. a sin bin or a mm. send off, depending on yeah. the severity. And then obviously it goes to the judiciary after that. But mm. um, you you got to protect the playmakers yeah. in that situation. But like you said, Thurston, you know, he played at the line, so it's different. Um, there's so many variables. It's not black and white, like yeah. you said, mate. So it's, it's not. Yeah, they got a solution. Got to, got to <laughs> just looking for a headline. If you solution, had a solution, what do you reckon? <laughs> solution. Common sense. Yep, I yeah. agree. I mean, you got your your, your defenders like your back rowers like yeah. to protect you in that mm. yeah. pyramid there, but yeah. obviously they still, you know, yeah. coaches can still find a way through that. And you can see too, mate, if the bloke's got intent to, to mm. hurt him, man. Huh? That's you can, right. You can see it. Not too many players go out on the field trying to, you know, disable someone or, or mm. whatnot, you know, but um, I think, you know, sooner rather than later we need to, you know, 
come up with a solution, which mm. I think is be common sense. Judge everything on its merit and, and move forward. Yeah. All right, mate. Very good chat. That was good to have you on. Yeah, it was. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, mate. Have a good luck against the Panthers, mate. Um, Cheers. You guys are head straight to New Zealand after that. So a couple of big, couple weeks. Of big weeks for the club. And yep. uh, let's hope we get a couple of wins and keep in that top four. Cheers. Thanks, lads. How do you say goodbye in Turkish? Gelegle. <laughs> This week, as we go back in time to 89, we catch up with one of the legends of the Canberra Raiders. Played outside Mal Meninga in the 89 Grand Final. Quite instrumental in that game. Of course, instrumental in that season, but also instrumental in the career of the Canberra Raiders for the next decade. Playing for New South Wales, captaining New South Wales, and also captaining Australia. This week, as we go back in time to 89, we catch up with Raider number 88, guy they call Loz, Laurie Daly. How are you, Nick? I'm good, of course, on the back of a great weekend. We had the the wonderful gala ball on Friday, of course, highlighting 30-year anniversary of the 89 Grand Final and following up Forever Green. Good win from the club. Someone like yourself, uh, seeing you bounce around the room like that, you would have been inside just doing cartwheels to, to come back and see some of your old friends, but celebrating 89 like that. Yeah, I think a big congratulations to the club for uh, organising a weekend such as that. I know there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it and everyone that was a part of it um, played a terrific role and uh, it made it uh, such a success for the past players to come back and enjoy their time. Uh, The gala dinner um, was very good and to see some of the guys inducted into the Hall of Fame, it was uh, fantastic to see our inaugural captain in David Grant uh, former coach in, in um, uh, Don Ferner, of course, Jason Jason Croker, uh, the club's leading um, um, game player. So he's, he's uh, thoroughly deserved it. And it was a special night for everyone to be involved. The 89 grand final boys were back there and um, it was great to see everyone. Also for yourself, congratulations for being inducted at the start of the year. Do you still feel part of the club? Do you still bleed green? Yeah, I think most people, and well, all of us, I, I suppose, I, I can't talk for everyone, but I'm just assuming that when you've played for Canberra, uh, it's always been your club, and we had so many wonderful years being a part of the Canberra side. I, I think I had 14 years um, from 87 to 2000. Uh, really enjoyed it, established a really good friendship group, um, really uh, enjoyed my time there, and the, the guys that we played with all became great friends, um, both while we were playing and after football. So um, it's always good to get back there. It's always good to celebrate your, your history and, and celebrate with so many wonderful people that um, you know, not only uh, allowed us to, uh, to, to do what we did, but uh, the guys that set up the club and uh, mm. the guys that were there from day dot. Loz, you put on a great run there, the team in 89. You made your way to the finals. You, you guys looked really, really comfortable on the big stage of the semi-final football. You got past... South Sydney, who were the minor premiers. You beat Penrith, you beat the Sharks. Momentum into the Tigers game. How are you feeling leading into the Tigers on grand final? Was there nerves? Was there butterflies? Or was there, okay, it's a different game, but we're going to be up today? Yeah, I think a combination of everything. I think the thing that stood out for us was we we gained a lot of belief as we kept continuing on throughout the season. Like We had to win, I think, our last four or five games, and then we had to win... You know, four games, so we had to win, I don't know, nine games or whatever it was to actually win the grand final. So the longer we kept winning and the more we kept winning, and, and we won, I remember there was one particular game over there in Perth 
we played the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, we run right at the death. So we had that confidence we could get the job done and that sort of prepared us for some of the bigger games at the end of the year. And I don't know, we got to the grand final and not, no one really gave us a chance other than the playing group and the, and the coaching staff. So it was quite sort of funny that within the group, we all felt confident, but outside the group, you know, people were talking about how it was Balmain's time and Balmain's era and um, they were going to win. So it was funny how we gained a lot of belief. Uh, no one else sort of um, embraced that other than the playing group. And uh, for us, that was that was pretty special uh, to win, knowing that a lot of people didn't give you too much of a chance. The game seemed quite frantic, if you can remember. It was very fast and the ball was in play for a lot of the time and obviously it was quite warm as well. I know Bomber McRae had his training at the AIS there in the heat to, to kind of acclimatise. Yeah. He's probably the better team on the football field in that first 40 minutes, Loz. Can you remember the chat that, that the coach and your captain did to kind of get everyone still on the same page and to go out in the second half and deliver like that? Yeah, the thing that I um, remember most of all, um, there was still plenty of energy in the shed like sometimes that's right you can be sort of deflated but um, and, and, and sometimes it's all sort of quiet other times um, there's still plenty of chatter going on and, and that was one thing I sort of noticed was the energy level was still up there and it was like well yeah we might be behind here but I think everyone still pretty com- feels pretty confident we can get the job done and I think that had a lot to do with the leaders at the time you know mm-hmm. guys like Mal guys like Gary Belcher guys like Dean Lance um, Gary Coyne, uh, you know, guys that had been around for a while, and, and they were sort of quite, sort of calm. But we were, we were sort of, yeah, we were, there was still plenty of energy in the in the shed. So, you know, I think you know, Tim Sheens was talking about how we were the better team. We just needed to be a bit more patient, and um, it would sort of eventually work out. And, and that's exactly how it played out in the second half. The pendulum shifted and all the energy came to the Raiders and you could just tell the body language of the Tigers. They were just trying to defend and defend and obviously the, the big try at the end from Jacko. Can you remember what you were thinking there, seeing him just barnstorming over and then planning down that brown steed and on the try line and knowing that, wow, we've probably got this. Your first emotion? Yeah, yeah my, my first sort of feeling um, I had that we were on top was at the end of the 80 minutes. At the end of the 80 minutes, I remember um, us as a playing group, we were we were up and about and we were excited that we got to extra time. Whereas, I can't remember, one of the guys said, look at them, they've just lost it. And you looked across to Balmain and they were standing there sort of stunned and they were like looking around thinking, what just happened? Like mm. that game was supposed to be over in the 80 minutes. So they were sort of, upset that they hadn't won the game, whereas for us, we were just wrapped now that we got an opportunity to go on with it, mm. and we were up and about, and from then, that's when you knew that we had the momentum, and then I think Ricky kicked down field, Gary Jack dropped the ball, O'Sullivan kicks the field goal, and again, we're up and about, and I don't think anyone was going to stop us from, from the moment uh, that extra minute, uh, all the extra time was being played. As an athlete and a sportsman, when you that feeling of You've got this come through the come through the belly and into the brain, knowing that yeah, I think we're going to win this today. Did that come early in that extra time period? The, the balance of enthusiasm had shifted, you know, and and we were sort of up and about and, and, and ready to go, and we would have played another twenty minutes if we could have. Yeah. Whereas Balmain, they were they were out in their feet, and they they had that look of oh, this is not going to script here. We were supposed to win this in 
in the 80 minutes. Yeah. That's the feeling I got. And then as the game continued in extra time, we got stronger and stronger and stronger. Well, Loz, it's been touted as uh, the greatest grand final of all time. And obviously after 89, the 89 grand final for you guys was the first album. And then you became rock stars after that, not just here in Canberra, but in the whole of the NRL. I asked this question to all the guys. Is there something you take out of that experience, Loz, with 89 grand final, metaphorically speaking, and apply it to your life today? I think it's about not giving up. Um, I think that that's sort of something that you, you learn and, and to be, um, you know, be, be able to to put your mind to something and if you're prepared to work hard and, and not give up, uh, things can happen for you. And on that day, we didn't give up. Uh, we believed in ourselves and we ended up getting the result we were after. So I think for me, that was the, the sort of thing that I got most out of, out of that performance. And, you know, the obviously there's a lot of other things that, that go into it, but if you, if you persevere, if you work hard, um, you see, more times than not, you'll get the result you're after. Do you see some similar traits in the current squad? I mean, there is some similarities there. A team that's kind of been in the top eight all year and they're starting to kind of put some games together, win ugly when they have to, win scratchy when they have to, win well going down to the last few rounds, the business end of the season now. How do you see the current boys going? Yeah, I think for me, um, I think this is the first time in a long while I've actually genuinely thought... Um, they could, they could win a competition. Yeah. Um, I know they've had good seasons in the past, but I've never actually sort of got too excited thinking that, you know, they'll progress through to the, the grand final. But with this current group, I don't know what it is. There's a real good feel. Um, there's, a, there's a strong buzz. They play for one another. They look, they look like they've got great camaraderie and they're, they're flying under the radar. They don't get a lot of coverage which is great. You want to come in under the radar. You want to have the confidence that you know you can get the job done. Um, and for me, that's sort of similar to what we were in, in 89. So I think, you know, for the first time in a long while, a, a, lot, of the, a lot of the old boys are, are getting a bit excited, thinking we can do it. There's still a lot of hard work to be done, of course. But there's a, there's a real quiet confidence about this playing group, and that sort of excites me as well. You guys have obviously were you were the hunters in '89, became the hunted in 1990, which we'll talk about next year during the, the 30th anniversary of the 1990 Grand Final. But Laurie Daly, always awesome to talk to you. We could talk footy all day. Thank you very much for joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast as we go back in time to '89. Good on you, Nick. Thank you very much, mate.